here's the situation. You have just received a bajillion dollars. Ooh. Uh, you have only 24 hours to spend it. You can only buy assets. You can't invest. You can't donate to charity. You can't buy experiences. What do you buy? <laughs> Lots of stuff, buddy. Lots of yeah, stuff. I know. I'm looking forward to you. You have the rest of uh, the show to think about. There's going to be a couple of sports teams. A couple of sports teams in there, I'll tell you that. Uh, I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And uh, our theme today, Rush, is compete filmography. Because uh, we have a guest who has a pretty, pretty extensive filmography. We were also we toyed with the idea of, of t- entitling it instead of IMDb IMKA because we thought That's it was right. a nice a nice play on words for. Now our guest is if early on this might have been the first person who said anything nice about us. That, yeah, that is, that's right. quite possible. And, and remains the only, <laughs> right? The only. And certainly the only one we didn't already weren't already friends with. But um, there was a woman on Twitter. And we're like, who is this lady? And then you're like, do you know her? Like, I don't think I know her. And like, and then we looked over. Like, wait a minute, this lady's a for real actress. And then I told her when we were talking earlier. My wife Beth was like, holy shit, she's on my favorite show in the in the world. Uh, or was now she's on a TV show called Prodigal Son. Back then she was on a TV show called, uh, or in the past she was on a TV show called Gilmore Girls. We'll get into just and mention a couple of the other shows that she's been on. But she is um, a friend of the show and now a friend of ours. This is Keiko Agena is here. Hello, Keiko. Hello, TJ. Hello, Rush. <laughs> Keiko, uh, how did I'm you a find fan. us? I've been a fan for a while. <laughs> 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 how how did you find us initially? What even put us on your on your radar? Well, I have seen I have not seen you live, TJ. Okay, uh, because I haven't been. I've only been visited Chicago once. That's uh, yeah. Hey, you don't have to defend it. I I wouldn't have seen me live either if I wasn't forced to be in the shows. I wouldn't have seen me live either if I wasn't forced to be in the shows. Uh, I doubt that too. <laughs> Um, but I was, but I have seen your videos uh, with TJ, uh, with Dave uh, a bunch of times, and so I and I read your book, and so I was super fan of that. And then I followed you, and you're not on, you don't post that much on social media, but I not did really. see yeah. um, this podcast, and I started listening, and uh, I, uh, I this is the first time I'm seeing Rush in person. Like I know <laughs> your voice. <laughs> I'm like, oh. What do you think? Is this is this at all what you pictured him at? What did you now that you're. Well, I'll be honest. I thought he would look more um, uh, serious. Okay, more, gotcha. Um, but but I am, I'm currently wearing a clown suit, so that's, uh, <laughs> you know, for just for the viewers, like they can't they can't listen easily. You know, I mean, it's uh, I'm doing that today. And Keiko, uh, in poking around on the internet, I saw that you you um, speaking of books, you wrote a book that was kind of improvisationally inspired, like a workbook that is yeah. built around accepting kind of mistakes as gifts if 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 i have the the basic thesis correct on that yeah yeah it started as a um well originally it was going to be an adult coloring book um because i had started drawing and posting things online and there was some interest in that and then in developing it uh, it became an artist workbook and so i had to think about well what was the book that i would want to read mm-hmm. myself and so all of the exercises kind of tumbled out of that idea of what 
what what do I find necessary and interesting to me as an artist? And so that became all of the um, and improv is has been a very big um, influence on my life and love of my life. So, of course, that was a big part of that. Excellent. And there are some still some pretty detailed drawings in there. People can still use parts of it as an adult coloring book from what I yeah, from what I saw. You can still get in there. All right. That's we, we try and keep, you know, we try and keep the chit chat to a to a minimum. We're going to get right into it. So here we go. Here's the situation. So we should say, that, yes, so sorry, TJ, for, for this theme, yes, compete filmography, we decided that we would take a tour through Keiko's extensive uh, IMDb uh, yes. history and utilize uh, some of the shows and uh, movies that she's been in as jumping off points to inspire us for, for particular yeah. suggestions. So each of my situations uh will tie to one of uh a show or a movie that, that she's been in mine as well uh, and so for the intro one she she made a guest appearance on bajillion dollar properties oh, that's because, right that's uh, right just a funny name for that's the show. right and i don't go too far back she went she went pretty far back i don't go before 2010 and most of these i think all of these are tv series so the first situation is based on, in 2017, you were on three episodes of a TV series called Colony, and that uh, that will be the basis for this one. So here's the situation. A colony can refer to a group of ants, um, maybe also bats or weasels. What I'd like you both to do is give me collective nouns for a few groups of humans that don't have them. So I'm going to give you a group, and I'd like you to give me their collective, like murder for crows or a pod for for whales. Um, so and and some of them sometimes don't make any sense. So they don't necessarily you don't have to feel too tied to like, oh, this is exactly why this happens. It could just hey, if it feels right. In fact, this came from um, Keiko, uh, Rush and I have a friend named Kevin Dorf. And a long time ago, he was going out with this woman. And there was a lot of there was a lot of dwarfs. Um, there was the family was was filled with dwarfs. And so there was always like a christening, a funeral, a wedding, a something going on in the church with with one of these. And she uh, this was a christening. I think I don't know if it was Quinn, his nephew, but she goes, I walk in and there's a pew full of dwarfs. And I was like, oh, that's that's the perfect collective for dwarfs, a pew full, whether they're in a church or not. If you see a bunch of dwarfs, that the dwarfs, it's a pew full. So um, the first one is um, a group of actors, but they're out in public somewhere. So not like a cast, but, you know, like they're they're out like at a restaurant, all at a table together or they're all like yeah. chatting before they get on the, the train together. So a group of actors is what as a collective? I'll kick that one off and I'll say that's a flourish of actors. <laughs> anytime you see they make a, a quick public appearance of multiple, that's a flourish of actors. Excellent. Nice. Uh, mine starts with F also. Mm. I will call them a, a flex of F. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I said you don't need to know why, but but may I ask, did something inspire Flex? Because it's a very cool, it's a very cool collective for I feel like actors are always promoting themselves. Great. And maybe that's just me. Great. Uh, but but always flexing, like showing the best side of of yourself. Uh-huh. Most of the ones I it's weird because I don't think very highly of actors, but the ones I meet I like. That that this would have been like a volume of actors because they they definitely seem to like if there's a group of a, like the loudest people in the in the place are going to be the the people who just got finished doing their show. Yeah, you can't flex quietly. <laughs> no, you know? it's, like, uh, it's important to have a high volume flex. I, I yeah, I love that. Like certainly, if there's a lot of people around, like it, 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 it the more people are surrounded, the more likely it's a flex. That's right. For sure. <laughs> 
Um, so we'll take these. Shut down. There's a glaze that goes over their eyes when there's nobody watching. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If like if an actor speaks and there's no one to hear, it's like a tree falling in the fort. Like it doesn't make any noise. Yeah. It's uh, um, so this will take separately a group of drunk men and a group of drunk women. Um, what what each each one will give a different uh, a different collective. Uh, I spent a good part of my twenties and thirties in whatever this collective is. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say like a gaggle, uh, for the, for the drunk ladies. Okay. And I, it's hard for me to dissociate. Like when I think of like a group of drunk ladies, I think of a bachelorette party. So I was going to say something like, you know, uh, a veil open top bus <laughs> like, i don't know how you do like open top buses one so like i think i'm just gonna go with gaggle and then for some reason i, I want to just call it a droop okay great uh, for the for the drunken very man. animalistic go back to the animal roots for those collectives yeah yeah droop is is kind of at the at the end of the night uh-huh. So this is when they're low energy i don't know <laughs> oh a droop both. okay gotcha i thought you said a troop, a troop. okay troop, gotcha a droop. gotcha um, I feel like I'm very influenced by Rush. So, um, I, I, again, I'm starting with the same letter because immediately when you said women, I said, I thought of a giggle, a giggle of women. Ooh, I like giggle. Yeah. I think that's and, the right. Uh, I think you were one letter off with gaggle actually, Rush. I, was, I, th- I, I think you're like way better. <laughs> and a house. Excellent. Ooh, oddly enough. House is a show that you were on. It might be an inspiration for something later. Um, but all right, all right. Um, how about a group? You rarely see these in groups. Usually, these are these are lone lone operators. But a group of nude models. There's going to be a lot of classes. Nude models. There's going to be a lot of classes going on at the same time, and they're all in one room before they disperse out to their separate uh, painting painting areas. A group of nude models. I don't know. Uh, you can go back to droop if you want to, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I keep using one slightly earlier than I should, I guess. Uh, I, I was going to just say a spread. Okay, very yeah. nice. Nice. <laughs> um, I want to say something like a, um, a hymn of... Uh, like H Y, like a or something song related. Nice, I like. <laughs> I like that it's a church oh, one. Something, something that sounds better than a note. <laughs> that, that was the idea. A chorus. Uh, yeah, maybe. A uh, choir. A, a choir of nude models or uh, stanza. Um. All right. How about a group of? You get like a you get a gig- giggle coming in the class <laughs> though, and then they start working on it. The, it's no good. It's no good. How about a group of people in cars and a takeout line at a fast food place? So the the collective term for the that line of like cars at a fast food drive through. Ah, uh, that is, that's one of those things that does need a word. Like like one of my favorite words to learn was furbling. I think it's called where you it's the name for where you 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 go to an amusement park or whatever, one of those places with a, a long uh, the cattle line, line or whatever that goes back. You know that winds back and forth, and it's called furbling. I think if you to go, go back ahead. and forth through an empty one of those things when you could just walk straight through. Oh, really? yeah. uh, so, so yeah, maybe it's maybe it's just a, a furble since they're they're all stuck in line. These cars, but uh, 
Maybe this, you want to just be, have this would be a fur ball just to set it apart a little bit. Yeah, fur ball. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with disco um, only because I think of rollerblade, uh, not rollerblades, but those uh, roller skates when they deliver. Um, mm. they used to deliver. Uh, oh yeah. Wheels to cars waiting in. I liked that it's ironic too, because you I know, don't... like what what could be like so not yeah, such a not disco less like movement and everything gets <laughs> stuck in this like yeah we were in the we were in the disco yeah uh, studio studio fifty seven it was it was not in the in the, yeah over at the Burger King <laughs> I think I'm gonna call it you know what I'm gonna go with TJ is a sloth okay it's great. a it's a sloth of uh, of of cars I hear you it's just, creeping you know, along super slow creeping along how about a group of people ice fishing. Specifically, ice fishing. Sometimes you'll see, like, look out on like a lake or a pond, and there'll be a bunch of different people all scattered about, all all around their little, little, little line in their in their hole. So, a group of people specifically ice fishing. A toughness, a toughness of ice fishing. Okay, great. Oh, I like that too much. I'm just gonna have to say that. Okay, as well. fair enough. The motion, the motion is carried. How about um, you walk into a bank and the row of bank tellers themselves, that line of bank tellers, like four or five wide as a group, those bank tellers would be. I'm going to call them a stiffness. I don't know why. Mm. It does feel right. There's something, <laughs> it's so wooden. It's so like, you know. It's real starch, uh, real starch, starch collar crew over there. Oh, what about starch? Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to go through a whole starch of bank tellers in order to. Uh, <laughs> after I furbled, after I furbled my way up to the window. Yeah, I had to furble around. I was just trying to get this, this $2 bill uh, cashed and uh, couldn't get it done. Couple more. How about a group of backup singers? Uh, what's like, what's like a bad singing bird? Ooh, bad. I mean, they also they all sound so great, man. You know, like there's a, there's, yeah. there's a lot of bad God didn't make singing. a bird that sang that sang bad. You know, you, you yeah. may not like the sound, but it, it's 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 it ain't the song's fault. Uh, how about a shower? Okay, a shower of backup singers. Great. Uh, I'm gonna call them an itch. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know how you're coming, what angles you're coming in from, but I like the angle that you operate from, Keiko. I, I am I am digging this angle. Uh, two more. How about people at a baggage carousel? Everyone waiting for their uh, luggage to get out there. There's a whole group of 50, 60 people waiting at a baggage carousel. I'm going to call it a lowness. Mm, a what? Say it one more time. A lowness. Great. I don't know if these words are... Yeah. Lowness. Ooh. I like that. I thought you said for a minute loneliness, which I, I kind of like a loneliness of, uh, of baggage waiters too. I was just going to say a mope. <laughs> both, both nice, both nice. That was those. Then some of these, like there's numerous ones, you know, where like a group of bears can be called like an army or something else. There's going to be a couple of these are going to stick and have multiple ones. Last one. I don't know if you've ever seen really young kids play soccer, but it, they don't. They don't. They don't. Oh, I know. They I abandon their position and they just yeah. conglomerate around the ball. So the no, I have the answer. I okay, have the answer. <laughs> it's, it's a tornado. It's a tornado of soccer. <laughs> I can like, and in fact, I used to talk about this all the time because when I grew up, I, I was in this youth soccer league where 
there were there were eight teams and six of them were named the tornadoes because i think the, the, the uniforms all came from like the you know they got the, from, the old stock from before. a tornado but, company and, well it was that it was that image i guess because we there were the green tornadoes the blue tornadoes the gold tornadoes and then there was like the hawks and the braves because i was from atlanta but but mostly mostly tornadoes and i always thought it was the perfect description for what goes on for like kids on a soccer field, because there is no, they just move as a pack yeah. all around that field. And, and they don't they just all follow the ball. They're like iron filings around a, around a magnet of the, you know, like wherever the ball goes. Uh, Keiko, yeah, do you have, do you, I know Rush said, he, Rush said he was just naming this the tornado. I don't know if you want to, you're letting it go. All right. That was it. Those are the, that was the first one right there. All right. Good stuff. Uh, love, I love a good collective noun. I love, what is it, a business of ferrets? I've always loved that one probably the most. Um, okay. So uh, the, the next one I want to do is based on, um, and I don't know how you say that this show, this show, but you, you made a few appearances on a show called, maybe it's called Superfluous or maybe it's called Superfluous or something, but it was the way it's spelled is super and then in parentheses, fluous. So superfluous, right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, so I assumed it was just pronounced superfluous, and I'm taking superfluous uh, uh, as, as it. And here's the situation. You guys are forming a committee to decide when the good things in life become superfluous, when we just have a little too much of what is already a good thing, and we want to know the exact time at which <laughs> everybody should be like, nope, you've gone too far. We've hit diminishing returns. That was superfluous. So um, the one I'll start with is – what day, what, what is the number of days that a vacation hits where that was a little bit too much? Mm. That was a little too long. What is the superfluous uh, day in, in a vacation? I, I, I almost think it's the day, like whatever day is your last, that if you went for like 10 days, you're like, Ugh, that 10th day, I probably could have. If you went for six, like oh, that sixth day, I probably could. <laughs> but my, my first impulse, Keiko, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, 17 just popped into my head. <laughs> oh, like it. You're like, I'm if it's longer than the Olympics, it's too long to <laughs> I, I, my, my first thought was like eight, maybe just because it was one more than a week. But like, the, if if you don't know, if I don't know a place or have something to do there, I don't I've I think I've seen everything. If I'm going to Louis, yeah. like it also is like, if I'm in New Orleans, that's different than like, I went to Louisville. Like, oh, that could be like, Day three, I think I saw everything in Louisville. I, I saw them make bats two days in a row, and then I, I was ready to ready to, to head home. Yeah. Well, they say, like, Vegas, like, don't do three days in Vegas. But I, I think for, like, like a beach trip or something, maybe, maybe eight. Maybe that, that, sounds, that sounds pretty good to me. Maybe I was, I was probably at, like, 11. Yeah. You have to have a good weekend in there. Like, not that it matters when you're on vacation, but uh, yeah, feels it feels hefty. After like yeah. 17 days, I, I I think I got to apply for a job or something. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> right. Be a wrestling person. Right. Well, yeah, I kind of need something to do. Well, I need something to do. It doesn't have to be something specific. Like, if Beth and I go someplace where there's a lot of nature walks to do, then that's just that's just fine. But if I end up just kind of watching TV, but now I'm watching TV and like, you know, in Portland, I'm like, what are we doing here? We could we could do this at at home. So I do have to kind of have something to do. Yeah. How about you? Can you just kick back and and read a book or or let the world go by? 
no, my husband loves to travel. So uh, he's always encouraging uh, me to to, to go in the first place. And so then there are things to, to, to do. <laughs> I also like to, to make sure that I travel with that doer person. There's usually one in a group yeah. where they ha- they've done all of the research. They, they have all the Google maps highlighted yeah. and you know, they, they, they have it taken care of. And then I just kind of plot along. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, all right. Next one. Um, I, I don't know if you guys like this. Most people like, most people like to, uh, to sleep in, you know, as a treat, get like, uh, sleep in late, get a long, long night of sleep. Uh, but what, what is the hour that if you slept into, it's just superfluous. Mm. It's like, no, uh, you already got enough sleep. It's good enough to go. What, what, what's a good time to mandate getting up? 11. That was the number I had to, and this has changed over time. Cause I three thirty PM used to be, so this is this is moved up 11 starts to feel 1105 starts to feel a little dirty what was what at what point in your life were you the 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 latest sleeper like for me it was my my freshman year like second semester of freshman year of college i was doing some like 1 p.m 2 p.m wake ups and i was like what are you doing you know but uh, i was going to bed so late I have many different periods of that of that time. Like I, I was awful for. I've always been awful getting up. But uh, there was a period of time I was living with my brother and then with my friend Matt over on Magnolia, and I'd be up to like four or five in the morning every night. And then I'd I'd wake up. I'd wake up at like one two. It was it was a desperate lifestyle, man. It was you shifted shifted oh, the axis at that point. Yeah. yeah, it was it was like to the point where like well I I'm just gonna I should just stay up now through the night. And just start the day to try and get back, you know, like rev it through to try and get back on the cycle. Because dialing it back is going to, it's further to go backwards now than it is just to go forward. Have you ever had a a lazy time, Keiko, in your life? Uh, well, I uh, conk out at around like nine at night. Um, so I'm the opposite. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, I, I'm usually, I like to be up at 5 a.m. Wow. Uh, but. But what I'll do is I'll have I'll have a day I call it like a vacation like a home vacation day where I'll just stay I'll just commit to staying in bed like okay. I hydrate and then that's just what I'm doing. What's the world look like getting up at five a.m.? I think I've only seen it at the end at the tail end when everything looks <laughs> like really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I love it. I love it because it's it's quiet. It's like from from five. My husband gets up around, uh, sometimes around, like eight-ish. Okay. There's so much wonderful, uh, (laughs) wonderful, like I don't like my husband. No, but just like, you know, you, he, he has nighttime alone time and I have morning. I hear you. Yep. That's how, that's kind of, that's kind of this house too. Yeah. I I don't get up at, at five very often, but when I do, I'm always like, man, you can get a lot done. From, from five 30 to, to seven, because normally I'm up at about seven, maybe like six, four, at six 45, I think is my, is my, like my, my phone is typically set for a six 45 alarm. And, uh, and I usually kind of dread, it takes me a little while to get, get moving from six 45, but like it on those rare occasions, I'm up at five, just nobody, nobody's going to bother you. Gosh. You've got, you got, you do whatever you want. Um, all right. Next one is, um, I, I know TJ is a big a big fan of cookies, but I'll say either like uh, cookies or cupcakes, depending, you know, whatever your, your pleasure. But uh, 
you know, we're not talking small cookie, like like a regular size cookie. How many before it's just superfluous? You you, you shouldn't have had. Mm. You know, you're not getting any real enjoyment out of that uh, that next cookie. Mm. That's hard. That's going to be kind of a high number yeah. for me. I love cookies. This this feels like the beginning of card sharks. I think this is going to be a pretty high number. Um, <laughs> I might go eighty five. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think it's going to be even higher. I'm going to say 92. <laughs> I mean, I kind of go, I kind of go through the rows of Oreos. You know when the Oreos come, yeah. and then they have like kill a rack, take a rack right out of right yeah, like out of rack. Business. Yeah, like, oh. run racks, feel maybe you do another. Rack. <laughs> the second <laughs> rack near the end of the second rack. She's t- that's got to be. That's got to be right around cookie 27, 28. Because I think they're yeah, like racks. Like, all right, all right. I can't, I can't finish. I can't finish this whole bag of Oreos. Let's, let's put it back. I, and, and that, and there is something to be said there because like I find sometimes when I'm eating, if I'm really polishing off some, some cookies and I can go through them, if they're chocolate chip, sometimes it's the chocolate that gets a little rich for me. It's not even the cookie. It's just like, I can't have any more chocolate. So I think I'd be running a little different if they were like sugar cookies or snickerdoodles. I think I might be able to go another another one or two because I think it's actually the chocolate gets a little cloying after a while. So Yeah, sugar cookies are good. Did you ever have those um those big tins, those butter cookies? Oh, yeah. Those are the, yeah. the, blue, the yes. blue tin. Yeah, yeah, that's with dangerous. The, then you the throw them in the cups because there's like three that come in a cup, and you're just like. I'm almost exclusively a bakery cookie guy, but you know what's still a nice little cookie is a Nilla wafer. There's nothing wrong with a good Nilla. I love a Nilla. Love, it. love yeah. a Nilla wafer. By the way, I, so I went to the office um, uh, last week, uh, and I'm, I'm in the office like probably one day a week at most. You know, we're, we're, we're largely remote, obviously. Uh, but I go in from time to time and, and I went in and I found, because I didn't know, I, I, I hadn't, I uh, was unaware of this, but, but there was several boxes of Girl Scout cookies that I had ordered right before the pandemic uh-huh. that had been delivered probably March of last year. So there was a box of Samoas and I'm like, there's no way that Girl Scout cookies go bad. So I'm, I'm just going to go get right into these things. And I ate two rows of those Samoas. Yeah. And oh my God, I, I think that's what made me think of this category. I, I, like that was a big error. Yeah. Like, the, the, fifth, the fifth Samoa was probably good. The, the, the eighth one was not good. And uh, the next day I was like, what is going on with me? It- I'm going to yeah. give you the number and then I'll tell you what kind of cookie this is cuz they're they're ex- they're expensive for for as much as for as many as you get they're expensive but boy do I love them and they couldn't get simpler. Maybe I would say 150 and they're the Barnum and Bailey animal crackers, the the ones that come in the circus train box. Yes. Those are so it's just like I don't know, buttery graham, buttery graham flavor or or whatever sh- sugar butter flavor, yeah, but yeah. man, are those good. But one of those little boxes is like, I think two bucks, two bucks and change or something like that. And you only get like 15 or 15 or 18 uh, uh, yeah. crackers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So bottom, bottom line, it's like, you guys are going to need a high number on this. One. Oh, buddy. What yeah. The, what is the superfluous cookie? 
I'm gonna say th- I'm gonna say thirteen. Thirteen. Just, wow, that is, that is high. That's yeah, high. I love it. I if love we're it. talking homemade, I'm gonna go specifically just to get a number attached to it. Homemade chocolate chip cookie size. So about there, I would say the eighth one. The eighth one. I'm starting to feel maybe maybe wow. I don't don't. Yeah, I, I actually have to. My, when I say thirteen, I'm thinking more like like uh, like Oreos or something. Like if Oreo they're size. Like, yeah, probably more like yeah. I see it. I yep. Uh, all right, next one. What's the superfluous uh, number of uh, of seasons for a TV comedy or drama? May mm. may hit a little close to home for Keiko, but uh, number of seasons for a TV comedy or drama, <laughs> and you can pick one or the other if, mm. if you think there's a big difference between the two. Well, are we talking American or British? Hmm. Ooh. Nice. Uh, well. Yeah, it'll be metric. Whatever, whatever you think the British is, we'll just convert to metric and have that be that number for for metric. Because <laughs> uh, Americans are twenty two and British are like sometimes six or. Yeah, they just call their own outs there. They're like, "Hey, we only planned on doing three years. I don't care if we're the hottest show ever. This is these are the only ones we wanted to make, so we're done." The sad thing I, I was just thinking about this the other day is that they actually can end their show well because they know how many right think about how many times you get into an american show where they just don't know that they're ending and so you you're with a show for um five years or whatever you're with them and then you don't even get a good ending for those characters you're so invested in it just trails off but some uh, of those british procedurals though have like 450 hour long episodes like you get into one of those shows and you're like oh well i could just watch this forever oh the midsummer midsummer murders you can watch you can start today and and you'll die before you get to the last midsummer midsummer murder (laughs) inspector frost (laughs) see yourself um i always say uh i guess this is true for drama and comedy that the third season is always the best Always oh, the first season you're figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. By the second season you're really ramping it all up, and then the, by the third season everybody's playing. Yep. And I then agree. everything after that, it really should wrap up in the fourth season, but it it doesn't always. So you, so you'd say maybe the fifth season is 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 in most instances the the beginning of the superfluous season. Yeah, but then that's the one where you get the uh, syndication. That's right. It's not not for, <laughs> not for those involved. Not for those involved. They're very fluid. So they're they're not superfluous at all. Yeah. That's I, super, I, I think that's right where I am too. Yeah, you give them a chance to wrap it up in four, you know, if they want to. But like, I'm thinking of the ones that I've gone through during quarantine that I hadn't, I hadn't really watched before, of like Community, and I'm going back through like Thirty Rock now, and um, it does seem like you start in both, in uh, especially in Community, like you start losing people and stuff. But it really did seem like two three it hit it and was like really like hey man they were really seeing what they could do at that point you know like with the with the paintball wars and the like full school uh uh pillow forts and stuff so yeah around five it's tough so like that yeah something like cheers is the real rarity especially when cheers didn't do any huge change it was the same bar you know like just about you know just about all the same people with the exception of diane and 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 coach for woody um there wasn't the kind of thing where they're like hey now we graduate or now we moved you know like to another town or whatever it was it was all right there so but yeah i'm, I'm with cake on this one around five it gets a little dicey yeah it's phenomenal because 
because I watched, I rewatched all the episodes of Cheers. And that's crazy how many episodes they did because they did even more than 22 in some years. And how many um, years was it total? Like nine or? It was, I think it was nine. And then yeah. um, um, uh, the woman who replaced Shelley Long, she actually did more seasons than Shelley yeah, Long. Yeah, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, yeah, Rebecca yeah. Howe. Yeah. Um, you, you forget like how, but they, but they were able to, I thought it was fascinating with the limited number of sets mm-hmm. to be able to tell, to, they ended as as a number one show, didn't they, or something like that? I yeah, mean, they, they were able. To they do they take a couple trips up to Melville's every once in a while, or over to I think they went to <laughs> Gary's yeah. Gary's Old Town once, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe Carla's house. I think I think one time we saw Carla's <laughs> Carla's house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with Nick Tortelli, we right? Saw him at home, and, oh but then with God. Eddie. Uh, yeah, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> we saw Eddie on the ice one time, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then let's end th- this one on um, number of wedding guests. What's the superfluous uh, wedding guest? The, the one where it's like, oh, you've, uh, this is now too slightly too many people. We've hit diminishing returns. I'm trying to remember exactly how many Beth and I had. I don't. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then cut it in half. Yeah. You, you know, I think we were pushing. I think we got up to one twenty pretty easy. I think by one twenty eight, maybe we had, maybe we had gone over the fulcrum, um, somewhere around, somewhere around there. I think, I think, if, I think one hundred twenty, you got like just about everybody you want there. So I'm going to say one one twenty eight just to have a number on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I eloped. I recommend that to anyone that's dating. <laughs> so for you, it was three. <laughs> yeah. Four was the once you get to four people being there, it's where did you go? Where'd you run off to? Or did you just go to the, like the city hall? We uh got married in a helicopter or a whole ceremony took uh 15 minutes. We in Vegas, we we you go up, they have a service where you it's you, the pilot, the um, a preacher, and the photographer. No, kidding. You, yeah. you go up, look at the the Vegas Strip. They ask you things when you have the headphones on, so you can barely hear. Really? <laughs> and then you come down and you're married. Did you go to Vegas knowing that that's how you were going to happen, or was it an impulsive thing while you were in Vegas? No, we we went. We did our. We knew we were that. That's what we we're going to do. We um, uh, stayed there for a week. A little over a week. That's how our friends knew that we eloped. Okay. They were like, Wait a minute. They're staying in Vegas for a week. Something's fishy. We got you you had certainly hit the superfluous number of Vegas days. Without a doubt. <laughs> unless you yeah. get unless you're getting married and you're and you're starting kind of an informal honeymoon, then yeah. Yeah, then you... that, that's what, what we thought. We would do like a wedding and a honeymoon. Yeah, it's so, safe uh, to say, by the way, that person number four, not superfluous. At Keiko's wedding, no, the, the pilot, the, pilot. <laughs> right, yeah. like, like the least, the least. In fact, I would cut the groom. Yeah, that, without a doubt, pilot. he is. <laughs> he is the yes, without a doubt, the least superfluous person. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, well, that's it for that one. All right, I've got one, and you know, I like to have a little bit more of a thinker. So here's this is this is a little bit more. So in consecutive years. Uh, Keiko, you were on um, a TV show called The Homes, 
and you were also on House. So that was 2010, 2011, the homes and house. And I thought that was too that was too rich for me not to have a home or house-based one. So, um, Rush, I think I might have asked you something like this before. So forgive me if this feels the least bit repetitive. I don't think it was dead on this, but I'm going to ask you, it's three kind of associated questions, and I'll go back to the top to refresh you on, on what the first one is. But here's the situation. What is something in your home right now, concrete or abstract, that you want in every home you ever have? What is something abstract or concrete that is in your home right now that you don't want in your in your future home or whatever you think you're, or even if you want to get rid of it tomorrow, but for some reason haven't? And lastly, what is something you don't have right now that you want in the future in your home? And uh, again, any of these, this could be like a feeling, it could be lighting, it could be a specific object, it could be it could be anything concrete or abstract. So I'll go back to the top. What is something in your home right now that you want in every home you're ever going to live in? Can't be my husband. Okay. Just, <laughs> <we're gonna> just... <laughs> we'll, we'll assume, we'll assume a husband. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I have something. Okay. So I, uh, uh, there's an artist that I like and, uh, he's a conceptual artist. Of course, I can't remember when it counts, but, um, part of the, the artwork is that there's a description of it and then each person actually does it, like completes the artwork. So at my house in LA, I'm in New York now, but my house in LA, I, um, I, I put the artwork up on the wall. And so I think that hmm. I would, I probably will have that and, in every home that I, and does it say literally like, Hey, you, now you draw something on here or is that, or how, how, how is it that people can, did you say people continue to contribute to it? Um, um so, so the, um, how do I explain this one? So, um, so the artwork is his description of it and it's just directions, almost like a piece of music. Okay. So he would say it's, uh, I think it was red, blue, black, and yellow pencil, um, randomly. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm messing this up, but, uh, crossing over to maximum density. So each person is going to be a little different because what you feel like is maximum density and what I feel like is maximum density is going to be different. But the instructions are there as almost like a piece of music. Or wow. this is the way he described it. So this is in the 60s. That, um, so this piece of artwork has been done, you know, not normally by, by people in their houses, uh-huh. but like, <laughs> like um, unless they're art fans or something. But, you know, like a museum will do like on a wall, they'll they'll do a. a wow a piece of art and I and I it's from this my favorite movie which is called Herb and Dorothy which is about uh, art patrons um in, in any case I I fell in love with with them and and that kind of artwork of that time and so I I put it up and I and I and I really love it so I think I'm certainly gonna do that wherever I go I like this very much I like that and concept I, very so much did you put up did you put up somebody's uh 
creation based on those instructions or did you do your own based on those instructions or did you put the instructions up as the art? I put the instructions up as a little almost like placard and then above that um, I, I you know taped off where where the section was on my wall that I wanted to do it and then I bought you know my pencils and then, and then I yes it. got it okay that's super cool yeah. I liked it so yeah I, I didn't know whether you were saying that you had because it sounds like a lot of people have followed those instructions and yes. done like it's you know it would be really interesting for instance to see an exhibit of different approaches that were used based on a similar set of instructions um that's very cool uh that actually that actually is funny because one of mine tj on the i don't have but i want in the future mm -hmm. is uh, i have always uh wanted to get like a signature piece uh that would be like the the centerpiece uh for for the main wall in my main room um but i've yet to ever see the piece of art that i'm like i have to have that that's the one that, that i want there and until i do i don't think i'm gonna i'm not gonna force myself to go uh to go and buy something but i that that's something i've always felt like is lacking it, it, you know i remember my grandparents house or other places i've been where i'm like you walk in and you're just like, wow, that really fits here. It's a very, it's a very, like, it's kind of a statement piece that is saying, you know, kind of what you, and, and, and part of me feels like I might feel like something will feel a little bit more like truly like my home when I have that piece that's, that fits with it in my head. Right. And I'd be more likely to find a piece that fits when I feel something is like really more of my home. Cause I, you know, I rent. And so I, I often feel like, eh, I'm just not sure that I want to buy art because it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily fit anywhere I go. Right. But anyway, uh, so that was funny that, that she said that one. Keiko, do you know? The one I would, oh, sorry, go ahead. The one I would get rid of is I've got this superfluous, uh, to go back to it, sofa that, uh, <laughs> that I, I thought I'd be, uh, I would want to have room for here. And it's like, it's ludicrous where it, where it is in my bedroom. And I'm like, I should get rid of it, but I just haven't. <laughs> do you have something in your LA house, Keiko, that you want you want out, or you wouldn't want to be in a in another house if you imagine like a uh, a retirement house somewhere? That I would. Um, I don't know if this is, answers the question exactly, but you said abstract, also. Like it a, can be, yeah, can be concrete or or abstract, whatever you know. Like sometimes it's like, oh, I feel like I have a feeling in this house where I'm kind of like trapped by it. I don't want that in the in the house that I you know live in later or whatever so yeah it can be like physical but it could also be just like oh there's a feel here that i don't that i either like or don't like or whatever well i love where i live like the neighborhood where i live um but and this is not just this house but i never feel like fully safe okay <laughs> this is real deep, sorry. <laughs> you know that's this is perfect this is why this is why these i asked these ones this is exactly what i want <laughs> security <laughs> yeah i don't ever <laughs> feel like a hundred percent safe in a in my home mm -hmm. and i would love it if and i don't know if this is just personal work that i have to do on myself and it has nothing to do with my home but i in my imagination i imagine that there is a home or a space or a state of mind where i i'm home or in a place <laughs> like totally Safe. You need like a, a twenty. You need like a twenty eight hundred square feet panic room. <laughs> it's, a, it's just vault sealed, pipe in oxygen, a bunch of screens to make sure no one's around. <laughs> this will work. 
And uh, Rush, so you have, there's a thing you don't have. Oh, what do you have right now that you would want in every house that you're going to ever live in? So I think my best answer for that, because there's a lot of things, right? Like washer, dryer, right? Like uh, sink. Like all, there are all these things that, of course, I'm going to want to have in every house. But but the thing that's more, uh, I think, is a better descriptor would be space. I just feel like uh, I, as I've gotten older, maybe... I don't think I have like claustrophobia, but I just, the more, the more kind of space that I have, the more I feel like, and, and again, I don't need, um, I don't need like a ton of square footage, but what I need is the space to be where I actually live in the house to feel like I've got some space to, uh, uh, to move about and, yeah. and, uh, have it feel more like, um, I don't know, like, like it's uh, again, kind of, like I can do whatever I need to do there. Right. Space. And Keiko, I think either your feeling of not being safe or, or, or wanting security, I think could be something could both be something you have right now that you don't want in your, in your house or something you don't have that you do want in your, in your house. So I don't know if there's, if there's anything else you wanted to mention that either you, you have, you want to keep, you don't have that you want, or you um, have and don't have and don't want where all those two. No, I, th- I think that's, I think that's mostly Owen, my my husband and my and my bear. I have a bear that I had since I was ten. No kidding, you still have original. The original, yes, the original bear. <laughs> I know, husband. I imagine is original. <laughs> How do you have a not original one? Do you just like buy the same bear? Like ah, yeah, you know, like it's been yeah, it's been like repaired so many times. You're like, oh, this is barely. It's like what was it, Aristotle's boat or whatever. You're like, oh, there's been so many parts replaced oh, that just, like, I don't know if it's right. <laughs> no it's still it's still there i have to uh yeah it's still it's still it's it's still maybe that's my little piece oh my god we're getting so deep that's my little piece of safety like that has definitely come with me everywhere yeah you just need a much larger bear in fact get a real bear to protect (laughs) well i mean that's originally like the security blanket right like it it is your it is your little piece of security right yes yeah yeah all right that was it that was that was that one so the next one is based on uh, Keiko has uh, guest starred multiple times on the hit show uh, Better Call Saul. And so uh, here's the situation. We are going to do a bracket. Each of you are going to do the same bracket. We'll see where it ends up. Okay. For all-time best TV and film lawyers. And if okay. you haven't if you haven't seen one, then that's fine. But uh, I'm going to give you both the same bracket. And, uh, you know, we'll stop and talk about a few of them along the way. Now, I made a 24-person bracket, and I had to do a bracket, right? Because when this comes out, I think we'll be, like, right oh. near the final four. Okay. Uh, nice. So it's March Madness. Like, March is here <laughs> now. Um, couldn't couldn't do not have a bracket during March Madness. So I'm foreseeing, uh, like, an Arnie Becker-Atticus Finch matchup, uh, Corbin Burnson versus Gregory Peck and uh, in the, in the Elite Eight. I... Uh, <laughs> my Joe face, Pesci. My, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they may face in your bracket. So uh, it's a twenty-four uh, team bracket. So eight. There are eight buys. So you'll see you'll see some new ones come in for the second round. Okay. They get buys in the first round, but in the first round, we're going to start um, uh, right up top here with uh, Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons. Uh, versus 
and this is the Phil Hartman bracket versus <laughs> the unfrozen caveman lawyer. I think it was Kirak from uh, from Saturday Night Live. So Lionel Hutz versus unfrozen caveman lawyer. Uh, Keiko, for your preference of those two. I'm not as familiar with the Simpsons one, so maybe I'll leave it up to TJ. Okay. Oh no! I mean, you're, I, you're each gonna pick. You're each gonna have your own uh, bracket. So oh, then I pick uh, the caveman. All right, you got unfrozen caveman lawyer and uh, TJ. I'll go Lionel Hutz. We yeah. look, already already our brackets diverge. Yeah, it was we, <laughs> it was impossible that they were exactly <laughs> the same, but it really didn't take uh, really didn't take long. Next up is the Tom Cruise bracket. We've got Lieutenant Dan Caffey from A Few Good Men, up against Mitch McDeer, his character from The Firm. Uh, so which of those better uh, film lawyer, uh, or, or more beloved, you know, however you want to put it. Uh, TJ, you go first this time. I'm going to go Sorkin over Grisham and go with uh, Lieutenant Caffey and A Few Good Men. Uh, okay, great. And Keiko? I'm going to pick the other one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> This might happen a lot. This is also how I play sports brackets as well. I love it. Hey, it, it all works. It all works. Uh, all right. Now we've got, um, this is the, uh, I don't know what, uh, the TV comedy bracket, I suppose, part of the bracket. Uh, we got Dan Fielding mm. from Night Court. John Larroquette, John Larroquette yeah. is Dan Fielding. Up against Jackie Childs, uh, the kind of Johnny Cochran style uh, lawyer from Seinfeld. Uh, who's constantly trying to work with Kramer to get I, him out of? Uh, oddly enough, if you had wanted to go double Larroquette, Larroquette was in the West Wing as uh, a a lawyer named Lionel Tribby, who I think might be based off of tri- uh, Tribe. I think there's a real lawyer, a Harvard law professor named like uh, Tribe, yeah, Lawrence Tribe. Lawrence tribe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unaware of that, Larroquette. Wish I'd known. Mm-hmm. Had all <laughs> here we are with Dan Fielding against Jackie Childs. Uh, Keiko, you're first. I gotta go with Jackie. He's got a lot of spunk. All right, and TJ. Not doing this on purpose, but I am a big Night Court fan, and I'll go with Dan Fielding. Uh, uh, crotch, crotchety son of a bitch that he was. Uh, I like, I like me some Larry. I Kett. knew, I knew you were, a, I knew you were a huge <laughs> uh, Fielding fan. Almost gave him a seed, but I, I couldn't. You. Uh, next, we got uh, Arnie Becker from L.A. Law. Mm-hmm. Bernson there against Marshall Erickson from uh, How I Met Your Mother. And uh, TJ, you're first here. Unfamiliar with How I Met Your Martha, uh, Mother, so I'm going to go with uh, with Arnie Becker. I'm also unfamiliar, but did you say Marsha? A Marshall, played by Jason Siegel. Marshall. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, the guy. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh... Not Ted Mosby, not not Neil Patrick Harris, but the, the other guy, <laughs> Jason Siegel, in there. Yeah, I'll go with Jason Siegel. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so Marshall gets there. So you guys have, have uh, yet to yet to uh, pick <laughs> kind of any of them. <laughs> uh, oh, I couldn't read my own handwriting, which is not unusual. But uh, we're on the other half of the bracket now. This is the Philadelphia uh, battle, and that is Joe Miller, which was Denzel's character, versus Andrew Beckett, which was. Uh, 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 Tom Hanks's character in Philadelphia. And uh, Keiko, I'll give you first crack here. Denzel. All right. TJ. Denzel. There we All go. Right. There we go. 
<laughs> yeah, that could be that could just be you could really get rolling. Uh L Woods, uh L Woods Reese Witherspoon from Legally Bond. Oh, it sounds like <laughs> could be could be could be a, a deep run for L Woods for Gago, but uh, it's L Woods against Gomez Adams from the Adams family. I uh, so unfamiliar uh, with Gomez Adams's unfamiliar with Gomez's law career. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with L Woods as as well. I had no idea that Gomez Adams was a lawyer. Showed up on a ton of lists. His, uh, no, best I, TV I, I, uh, I would never have guessed. They, why would they have given him that? Like everything else about that whole show and all that whole family is just like purposely spooky. Why would they have made him an attorney of yeah, all things? Well, maybe that's the spookiest character of all. Oh, uh, <laughs> next up, we've got the Arrested Development portion. That's uh, Bob Loblaw. Oh yeah. Uh, up against Barry Zuckercorn. So uh, two 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 great lawyer characters. I actually have Bob Loblaw's uh, uh, law degree hanging on my wall, um, <laughs> which we got off the off the set of Arrested Development. So uh, uh, I'm a big fan of both of them. But uh, TJ, who are you picking? If only for the fact that they they doubled they doubled down even more by giving him a law blog, and so <laughs> it was Bob Loblaw's law blog. I am going to go with Bob Loblaw. <laughs> I will as well. That's right. a day. Oh yeah, that's that's really good. Uh, all right, then we've got um, we've got two shows that I've never seen that that I'm told both are great. Hmm. And the first is uh, the Good Wife, so Julianne Margulies's character on the Good Wife. Okay. The second is I think it's I don't know Henry or something Specter from Suits, but the main character in Suits. Yep, Harvey um, Harvey Specter. Harvey. Thank you. Harvey yep. Specter against uh, Julianne Margulies' character in The Good Wife. Uh, this is the Rush Howell has no clue uh, portion of the bracket. Uh, TJ, who you got? There? I think I've watched every episode of both of these shows, and I think there were nine seasons of Suits. I cannot explain why nor how I saw every single episode of Suits, why I kept on going back. It was ridiculous. It was they they double crossed and went back on each other so often. It was so stupid. The first season made sense. They this guy wasn't a lawyer, and Harvey Specter was covering for him. He had like uh, a um, uh, photographic memory, so he 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 like could just look at a law book and know all the law. Um, okay. So, um, but uh, Specter had questionable ethics. He always won. He was a real shark. And, you know, you'd want him representing you if you didn't care whether he broke the law in pursuit of the law. So uh, I'm going to go with um, Juliana Margulies. I want I want I want some uh, I want some ladies moving forward other than Elle Woods in my bracket. And uh, and also I like her ethically. I like I like her more than more than Harvey Specter. All right, Keiko, who you got there? Yeah. I'm gonna double down on that too. Wow, this side, this side of the bracket, we're kind of, we're kind of marching arm in arm. Uh, so we're gonna, we'll, we'll, we're gonna for the second round, we're gonna start where you guys had more uh, overlap. Okay. Um, uh, because on some of these, you, you, I won't even ask have to ask you both. So on the left side, uh, and remember that the eight top seeds are now rolling into the second. Perry uh, Mason, second look out for Mister Perry Mason. He cannot. It's gonna be tough to stop him. If if he's on the other side of a bracket from another guy, then I know who my I know who my finals are. I, I am. Uh, you don't know your finals. Okay. We'll okay. See. We'll see. There he isn't. He might be in there. Uh, okay. Be in the oh, he's in there. We know he's in there. All right. <laughs> 
Uh, let's start with Atticus Finch against Joe win. Miller. Win. Denzel Washington. Win. From, win. Uh, Atticus. Atticus Finch. Win. 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 Uh, Keiko, who you got there? Atticus Finch against Denzel Washington was in uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Denzel Washington. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now we've got L. Woods. And before you. L. Woods. It's dangerous for you to say that because. It could be somewhat against interest because you're up against Saul Goodman. Uh, so Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul. So Uh-oh. it's going to be a tough one. Oh. You, you may have you may have contractual requirements. If it was <laughs> as much as I love Reese Reef Reese Witherspoon, if it was Bob Odenkirk against Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> I would go Bob Odenkirk all day. But but it's El Woods. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Saul's not a good lawyer. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's, he's effective. He's effective in some ways. So we got El Woods advancing, uh, and then TJ, who you got? Uh, better move Saul ahead, Rush. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, I like it. So- my job, TJ. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I haven't worked. I haven't worked in a while, so you know, I, I, it's every, all, every anything I can do. <laughs> uh, now we got uh, Ben Matlock against Bob Loblaw. Oh the, uh, wow! Good name division. Wow. Uh, Keiko Matlock against Loblaw. Matlock. TJ. Bob Loblaw. Wow. We continue to have no no quarterfinals the same yet. And this uh, was the side. This was the side of the bracket that we agreed on. Yeah, you the- had full <laughs> agreement, and it has collapsed. <laughs> now we have TJ Perry Mason yep. against uh, Juliana Margulies' character from The Good Wife. Perry Mason. Raymond Burr moves on. And Keiko? Perry Mason. All right. Oh, so we have one. There's, there's still a chance. Strong. There's still a chance for title. Now uh, we're going to the other side of the bracket, and uh, this time I'll usually have to ask you, Two differently because um, so for Keiko you have Jack McCoy from uh, you know famously Law and Order uh, Law and Order I mean great great lawyer there up against unfrozen caveman lawyer who mm. says some of the same man- mm-hmm. mannerisms I would say <laughs> like Jack McCoy has a few unfrozen caveman lawyer moments <laughs> but uh, who who would you pick of those two? Dude, I'm not as familiar with uh, I'm I'm gonna um, this might be unpopular but I'm gonna stick with unfrozen. Hey, nice. hey, like, gutsy hey, call, gutsy you call. Up. It's your bracket. Pick who you want. Hey, I don't know about your Law and Order show. <laughs> I don't know about your Sam Waterson. All I do know is that there was a great character on Saturday Night Live <laughs> called Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer who got the job done. <laughs> so I, that seems fair to me. TJ, you have uh, Jack McCoy against Lionel Hutz. You know, I because his dad was such a bad, drunk, racist cop. Uh, Jack McCoy really tries to turn the tide towards the good, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Jack McCoy on this one. Is uh, he's he's trying to he's trying to make the world a better place. All right, got you there. All right, uh, now TJ, you have um, sorry, oh Lieutenant Dan Caffey against Allie McBeal. Uh, Allie McBeal, one of the top eight seeds, sliding in here. Against uh, the great, the great Tom Cruise character from uh, uh, poof, that, that movie that A Few Good Men. A few good, 
Only out of ignorance to uh, Ally McBeal. I never saw an episode of it, so I uh, I can't in good in good conscience go with it over uh, over a few good men, which I've seen a few times. So I will go with I will go with Lieutenant Caffey. All right, and Keiko, you want to go Ally McBeal or who you previously called the other one, Mitch McDeer? Ally McBeal advances. So we have very different bracket uh, developing there. I love it. Uh, next up, we have uh, Viola Davis's character from How to oh. Get Away with Murder. Okay. Uh, I know TJ, a huge Viola Davis fan. Uh, and I think I've seen every episode of How to Get Away with Murder. Another weird one. That thing's got it. It, it has to double cross itself so many times too, because there's so it just it it spends so many of those in the season one that there's no way they can like can stop and make it normal. All right, yeah. great. Uh, it's her up against Dan Fielding, though, TJ. I know that's not going to be an easy one for you. Uh, not easy, but I'm going with Viola Davis. How to get away with murder. Uh, and Keiko, you got Viola Davis against Jackie Childs. Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, and then we've got Keiko uh, Marshall Erickson up against Vinny uh, Gambini from My Cousin Vinny. Oh, I gotta go with my cousin Vinny. <laughs> my biological clock is ticking. Like Dead on balls accurate. <laughs> yeah, if if she were allowed in the contest, yeah, hun, before your eyes got all out of whack. <laughs> all right, I, I love it. Uh, okay, so. are we to assume that in your kitchen the rules of grit cooking? Does not apply. That the laws of grit cooking physics does not apply in your kitchen. <laughs> Do you use <Yeah>. instant grits? <laughs> he kills it. I mean, some great, some great cross examinations. Uh, TJ, you got Vinny Gambini against Arnie Becker. Vinny Gambini. All right, all right. So we're into the quarterfinals. Uh, TJ Atticus Finch against Saul Goodman. Atticus Finch. Uh, ben Matlock, TJ, against Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Oh, no. Sorry. Sorry. Oops, Bob Loblaw versus Perry Mason. Oh, Perry Mason. Okay. Uh, Keiko, you've got uh, Joe Miller. That's Denzel from uh, Philadelphia up against Elle Woods. Who you got there? Elle Woods. <laughs> All right. Love it. Love to see Elle Woods. What did you think? Uh, never, I never saw Legally Blonde 2 because I felt like there were. I felt like that was going to be a step down from Legally Blonde. Was it good? It was a step down. Yeah, Legally Blonde was uh, was better. I feel like I've seen that more than the than than the second one. If they make a third, I'll have to watch it. That fits my <laughs> trilogy theory. I, I'll, I'll come out of. Uh, Wait, are you the type of person that um, when uh, you will go back to the beginning and see all of them when it, before the you see the final movie? Depends but on. Not usually. Maybe for. Like one of these like sci-fi things, it's super confusing, you know. Where I'm like, okay, what is going on? But uh, no, I, I didn't watch like the, the seven Harry Potters in a row before before the last <laughs> one, like some people do. Um, I think the only movie I can really remember doing that for was The Lord of the Rings. I would get so hyped up for those that I would do that. That's always dangerous too. You ever have those days where you're like, should we do a rewatch of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> <laughs> And you have to be up at five. You have to be up an hour and a half later. So, Uh, all right. So you got Elle Woods, and then you got Ben Matlock up against uh, Perry Mason. Who you got advancing there, Kate? Perry Mason. All right. Ooh, 
He's in both Final Fours. Mm. I like to see that. Uh, TJ, yes. uh, you got you got Jack McCoy up against uh, up against Dan Fielding. Didn't I bounce Fielding? I don't think so. No. Oh, oh okay, yeah, you did. Yeah, I, it's not Dan Fielding. I apologize. It's Dan Caffey. Oh, okay. Dan, but it's uh, Dan Caffey against Jack McCoy. Jack McCoy. And then you have uh, Viola Davis from How to Get Away with Murder against Vinny Gambini my cousin Ooh, ooh, ooh. Because of her questionable ethics, she does... She she may be getting away with murder. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, because of that, I'm going to go with Vinny, Vinny Gambini. He's who, I like I think, it. Yeah. Have either of you seen Damages? I wanted to put Glenn Close's character. Yes. Damages, and I forgot to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Damages is good. The first mm-hmm. season is really good. Yeah, first good. season what is good. Really good. Yeah, Ted Danson always good. Arthur Frobisher and uh, and that I love. I love that first season of Damages. That was a guilty pleasure. Uh, okay, so I've also yeah. watched um, Goliath, and the first season of that is really fun too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Bob Thornton and Goliath is uh, is a, a that's a, that's some fun law stuff. And yeah, William right. William Hurt is that is properly creepy. That their relationship and and that that the so if you've never seen it, Rush Goliath season one. It's almost saw the beginning part. Okay. Yeah. It's fun. It's pretty fun. All right. It's on the list. Goliath. Uh, Keiko, uh, quarterfinals, unfrozen caveman lawyer against Allie McBeal. <laughs> Tough. I, I know what I hope with. <laughs> <laughs> unfrozen, unfrozen caveman. <laughs> Deep run. Deep run from our, our man from the Cenozoic era or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't know doesn't know about airplanes or fancy airports, but he does know. He's only got one trick, but he uses it pretty damn well. That, uh, yeah. Hey, you don't get the same jury twice. Right. He's great. Uh, all right. And then you've got Viola Davis uh, against Vinny Gambini as well. Vinny Gambini, same reasons. All right, so we have two. You each have two of the same final four, uh, despite you know pretty big differences most lo- along the way. Ooh. TJ, semifinals. I don't Atticus like Finch this. I don't like that at all. Here's the thing: I've watched Atticus Finch try one case. Yeah. I've watched Perry Mason try hundreds. Oh yeah. And uh, and the man don't lose. He does not lose. I think he's lost once and, and and it was like on purpose so that he could really win in in like appeal or something. I I have to go with Perry Mason for this just body of work on this one. I have to go. Uh body I mean, he work. He breaks down those people every time. It's yep. incredible. The four top seeds that I had, uh you you did you did they all four made the final four, so I know your taste pretty well. Yep. I'm loving this uh, different bracket from Keiko though. Uh L Woods against Perry Mason, who makes the finals. Elwood's. I love it. Elwood's dominant. Uh, and is she going to be up against my cousin Vinny or uh, a unfrozen caveman? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> you almost can't go wrong. It's a fun, Brad. That's a fun final either way. A fun finals for sure. This is... Um... This is not uh, this is not how this game should be played. But I'm going to I'm going to pre-plan. I'm going to look ahead, uh-huh. my own future, and uh, I'm going to put in uh, unfrozen caveman. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the unfrozen caveman lawyer 
takes down Joe Pesci. I mean, look, Joe Pesci would, you know, Vinny Gambini makes some mistakes. There's no yeah. question about it. Whereas I've never seen Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer lose mm-hmm. a case. And, Cruises. and, and I, I didn't, cause we, my, my zoom went crazy, but again, for my, my Jack McCoy pick, I've only seen Vinny Gambini try one case. I've seen Jack McCoy try hundreds of cases. His win loss record is not, is not, you know, not as immaculate, but, but he's, he's, he's body of work, both guys. All right, TJ, who's your champ? Perry Mason, Jack McCoy. Without a doubt. If you put those two, Perry Mason does not lose that, does not lose that case. Yeah. It, it would be a bad day for the state of New York. Without, if, uh, without defense. Uh, it's not going to go well. And Keiko, your champion, it's either un- <laughs> Kirak, I think, the unfrozen caveman lawyer, <laughs> or, or L. Woods, uh, you know, dominant Harvard uh, legal scholar. L. Woods! <laughs> I love it. I love it. L. Woods, there you go. So those are the two champions. So maybe at some point in the future we'll We'll do a mock case. Carrie <laughs> Mason <against> <laughs> Elwood. <laughs> All right. Here's the last one for you guys. In 2018, Keiko was in eight episodes of a TV show called The First. And so here's the situation. I'm going to give you some mini situations within this larger situation and ask you some questions that involve firsts. So our first mini, here's the situation, is Sausage race, pepperoni, kielbasa, hot dog, chorizo, bratwurst. You must place a bet on who's going to finish first in that sausage race. Who are you betting on? Pepperoni, kielbasa, hot dog, chorizo, or bratwurst? Chorizo. Chorizo to win. Keiko? Pepperoni, and then how does this race work? How does that? What does that mean? Oh, there's if they they in baseball games they have this thing called sausage races where dudes are dressed up in like oversized oh. sausage costumes, <laughs> and then they have to like run down the the foul line, and oh. so but no but I yeah it was I, I just wanted to see who you guys had a feel for if you uh, you know if if you had to basically bet the ponies who you uh, who you had you know who you thought was gonna come in first. All right, next one. You walk into an 80s, 90s video game arcade. What do you put a token in first? Hmm. I'm going to spend the most time on Miss Pac-Man, but I'm not going to start there because I'm going to I'm going to really play some long games with Miss Pac-Man. I think I'm going to burn a, a total wasteful quarter on Dragon Quest. Okay. Even though I'll be dead within eight seconds. Mm-hmm. I only play one arcade game, and that is Frogger. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, that, that might be where I drop mine as well. All right. You make a mixtape for someone you have a huge crush on. What song is put on there first? So this might not even be your, like, seal the deal song. This might be just how you open, you know, open the uh, the ceremonies here. Oh, what- my God. I, I, have to, I have to stop. I, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I, I, I just am listening to myself for a second. I said Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. I meant, of course, Dragon's Lair. Dragon Lair. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'm in Dragon Lair, the 1983, I think, classic that uh, is is still the biggest waste of money ever. Sorry. So now you're. The now first you're of like the cartoon stuff. ones. That was the first of the cartoon games where you just yes. had to make choices and time, properly timed choices. So, I'm, yeah. So the next one is you make a mixtape for someone you have a huge crush on. What song do you open side one with?
Um, my friends know that I have terrible taste in music, so this won't come as a surprise to them, but it will be Two Princes. Oh, nice. Little spin doctors? <laughs> excellent. What, a ter- what an excellent, awful call to start. And I have a crush on you mixtape. <laughs> Can I, can I steal my, my buddy Dave Hampton's bit and just do uh, the entire mixtape is 14 consecutive man-eaters? Sure. You bet. You bet. <laughs> in, if you put those two in a bracket as to which would move on as far as the first song in a, like a crush, crush mixtape, I don't know. I don't know who would win. All right. Um, wedding, open bar, huge selection of top-notch liquor. You know, top, top, top shelf, all the way down to like natty, natty ice at the bottom. It's going to be a long night. You know, it's going to be five or six hour wedding. What is your first drink? Uh, Tanqueray 10 and tonic. Okay. I'm assuming this is a summer wedding, which they're more common than, than a winter wedding. So that's, that's, that's part of the equation there. You got it. I I think I'm gonna go Grey Goose on the rocks. Just trying to if I start with the sweet, like anything juice related, mm-hmm. it might blah 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 blah. Like, yeah. Well it might just I might just start I might drink too much. Okay. My plan these days is that if I can taste if I know I'm drinking alcohol, then maybe <laughs> if it's a long wedding, maybe I'll stop. Just get just get lukewarm tequila then. You will you will not forget that you are drinking alcohol. <laughs> I, I will say though, TJ, if there is like a little thing, I'm a I'm a total sucker for the like you, you have that little placard that's like oh, yeah, sure. three specialty drinks. I'm always going to get one of those specialty drinks. So okay. like, if it's like a Moscow mule or like a rye old fashioned or something like that, like I'm, or like a fancy margarita, I'm, I'm in, I'm going to do one of the specialty drinks. That's when you are most susceptible to advertising is the, uh, yes. the, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, can't, I can't get past it. I can't get past it. Okay. Anything that has mezcal in it. You will, you will go for, you will yeah. get in it. Okay. But usually like if it's a mixed drink, Mezcal, I don't know. They, they they always choose good things to go with that. Gotcha. But uh, part of my concern, TJ, is I don't know. I'm not going to order a rye old-fashioned from a bar that has all sorts of great alcohol in it because I have no idea if they make a good one or if the person like kind of does that. If they've set it out as like a placard, then I you know I trust I right. trust the uh, the wedding party has has made sure that the specialty drinks are ones that they they, they make pretty well. Right. So, uh, you know. I don't want to go in blind and be like, yeah, I'll give me a margarita. You're like, oh God, that could be anything. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Keiko, you can go from with, if, if, uh, if LA is where your regular house is, then picture, picture that for this one. You are woken from bed by hearing a noise in the house. What is the nearest thing to your bed that you would uh, grab as like your first worthy sort of weapon to fend off uh, someone as you go through the house looking to see if there's someone there? You're, you're looking around like you have, like you're gonna have to beat someone off with, with, 
with a stick right now. This is really rude of you to ask, given her, her, her concerns about safety. Nobody you know that I don't know <laughs> Nothing. I'm not seeing anyone that you're not seeing. The reason why I'm pausing is we don't have a bed. <laughs> Do you want to consider your home home? Do you have one in your home? In your home, regular home? <laughs> is this... my home home. We don't have a bed. Okay. We need to buy a sofa bed. What are you, sl- what are you sleeping on? Like a, like a, like a little cushion thing. <laughs> Like a futon? We well like loose foam? <laughs> <laughs> like a gym mat? What are what are you what are you on? <laughs> one is kind of a yoga mat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a one person. You doing okay? Are you being held against your will? If if so, you should have told us right off the bat. Then we wouldn't have we wouldn't have made you do this. We would have gotten you help first. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it, we need to buy a proper, um. <laughs> hey, you know what? You don't have to answer this. The base, based on the way you're living, no one's breaking into this house to begin with. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> you're sleeping on a pile of old coats. No one's going to, no one's breaking into your house. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah i don't have any a shoe (laughs) a shoe perfect perfect how about you rush i I do have a bed you have a bed i have a bed uh i'll just lift that whole thing up that's what's so great about it no uh i have a squash racket near the uh near the door of my room currently uh i never use it i don't really ever play squash but uh that's that comes to mind is something I could grab in my in my bedroom. Great. Um, you can eliminate an annoying habit of your own. What's the first one to go? Wow. Run on sentences. Beautiful. And pithy too. lot to choose from tj i'm gonna go with i talk too much okay um you both this is this is interesting because you both mentioned um something like this earlier so a rush i don't know if you know what this would be but um you are going to put a piece of artwork inside your front door that gives a visitor an idea of who you are it can be a photo any painting, a sculpture, or whatever else you'd like. What's the first thing a visitor will see when they walk into your your home? Well, not on the front door, like as soon as you walk. Yeah, in. kind of inside your front door would be the first. Oh. It would be the first artwork that they would see that ideally tells them something about you or how you want your house to feel or or be or 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 what what have you. So if the, if your place had like an atrium or whatever, uh, it would be that you know it would be in the atrium. I'll just tell you what I do have, which is you walk in and there's Bob Loblaw's actual <laughs> from the set legal, you know, uh, diploma 
which I kind of like because people be like, oh, you hang your fucking law school degree. <laughs> I'm like, no, nope. nope, we got to read it, read it more closely. Uh, and then after that, I have uh, the Atlantis poster. Mm-hmm. And then I have the poster from the play that I wrote uh, when I was in, in college. Um, and I, I would like to change those, would like to change those up. So I'm, I'm in the market for something new. I'll have to think about what it should be. Shouldn't be like a Roger Federer poster. That's that's a little embarrassing. <laughs> so I got to come up with something better. Uh, I have, so I have an artist that I like now. His name's Joe Soren. I don't have an original, but I have a prints. I have a few prints of his. Um, so I, lo- I love him. So that's, uh, that would be, uh, it's not there now. It's not there now as arranged, but that, that idea. And then there's this new artist that I, I follow online. Her name is Camille Chu. I think it's Chu is the, her last name. Um, and she does these like wild, um, these pictures of, of women, they look Asian American and, uh, um, almost uh, spiritual like the, and her color palette is the best color palette that I've that it's like my favorite color palette and she has different ones for different kind of uh series that she does but each one each set of color uh the, the color palette that she has is like uh, is brilliant it's like my new favorite color palette and is it Joe Joe Soren S-O-R-E-N and Camille Chu C-H-O-O no, I think it's C H E U. E U. I could. Soren has two R's. R's. Yeah. Two R's. Okay. And uh, look these people up. And I should get her name right if I'm gonna say it. Yeah, C H E U Camille. Camille. C A M I L L E. Excellent. Excellent. I'm going to look those up. Thank you for the tips. And lastly, you are given $20,000 to travel with. Um, what is the first place you go and the first thing you eat there? I think I, 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 I the, my like bucket list uh, food travel trip is San Sebastian. So I want to go to one of the, uh, you know, Michelin star restaurants in San Sebastian. And the first thing I'll make sure I get is uh, an Iberican ham appetizer. Ah. Uh, as part of that, but that's, that's my, that's my bucket list, uh, food trip and 20,000 would be perfect for that. Okay. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. Um, we wanted to go to, uh, Spain. Um, but now I just saw a show and I'm influenced by things I watched, uh, in Brazil, go to Brazil and have feijoada. What is feijoada? It's like, I didn't, I don't know. I've never had it, but it looked like um, the closest, this is, they're going to kill me for saying this, but like a kind of a chili because it's like a stew. Okay. And I think there's, I thought they think there's beans in there, but they also had, this is also why, because they, uh, they, they showed this dish on a, a, one of those cooking competition shows. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so, so there was also 
you like cooking competition shows. Don't I you? love them. Yes. Yes. Did you see the one where they travel all around the world where they have contestants and that each, each episode is a, is a challenge of that. Um, yes. Yeah. It was called like the best, it was called something like the best meal in the world or whatever. Right. And there was yeah. like, yeah. And they would, yeah, they would do, you had to make the dish from there. It's called final table. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, I saw it on that. Well, oh, did you see big night? With the Tony Shalhoub? Yes. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I love. Do you, also, I love. Do you remember <laughs> when they made when they made the like? Uh, I think it was called Timbale. The, yeah. The drum that like with the, like there was a whole like it's like a side of a of a hard boiled egg in there and noodle. Like that was the first time I saw something in a show and like in a movie. Like I must I must eat this thing. I must find this in. And eat this thing is like a whole half a meatball. The just the, yeah. the slice you saw cut out looked like every delicious food in the world thrown into some like huge yeah. bowl and solidified. That was a great movie. Yeah, it's still my favorite oh. ending in any movie. The favorite end of any movie I've ever yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it, so don't, don't no. give me that. So big oh. night. So I got Goliath and big night. I got to do those. There you go. You won't be sorry. And I also have to watch. Um, the unfrozen caveman lawyer because I kept him in and I've never seen that. <laughs> Walked him all the way to the final. <laughs> I brought him up to the We might be seeing, we might be getting a call from you of like, hey, I got to reseed this tournament. This, I can't believe I, I had him go so deep. <laughs> Well, you set him up to lose. You but you had him go to the finals because you really felt good about him losing to L. And so, like, you, you didn't. She gave she gave the system. Yeah, that, she that did. Reminds me of uh, a, 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 a horrible moment in my uh, in my living career where uh, my roommates were... in your living career. Yeah, it was one of the one of the low moments of like living together with two people because. Two, two of my great friends, Clark Lortz and, and Dave Hill, uh, there, it was a little bit of an odd couple. When the three of us lived together, um, and and Clark was like working at Goldman Sachs, and I was uh, doing improv with with Dave Hill and Clark and Dave. You want to talk about like they were living on different schedules at that point in time. And uh, one of the things we would get together and do is like on Sunday nights we would we had this thing called the bin system. And I, have I told this story in the podcast? You did. I don't think so. So in the bin system, Clark, Dave, and Rod, like Dave Hill had a million. This was back when videotapes were still a thing. So Dave Hill had like a million videotapes, and he had them in these three large bins. And there were probably, I don't know, 80, 80 tapes per bin. And so the way it worked is each of us would get a bin, and we would and we would pull out three movies. And then we would each get to veto one of the other guys three, which would which would get it down to three total in the end. And then we would rank them one, two, and three, uh, and that's how we would pick which movie we would watch. So it was very elaborate, as you might imagine. I created the system, and and so Clark, who's very very smart, did a just dastardly thing where he rigged the system one day because he wanted to watch Bill Cosby's himself, and. And this was, you know, I don't know, 15, 8, 20 years ago. And so he, he put his three were Bill Cosby's himself and then two of Dave Hill's like theatrical performances <laughs> from college. <laughs> and he knew 
we knew we would both veto. So it guaranteed that the one that he wanted would get through the veto system. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a rough day. And so I think Keiko did that to us a bit, but, uh, making sure El Woods. All right. <laughs> All right. So why don't we come back to, is that Dave Hill, Dave Hill that moved to LA? No, he, different. He Dave. did, but uh, there's multiple Dave Hills in LA. But did this Dave Hill uh, is not of the Hill like, Jones. Yes, yeah, that is Dave Hill. That's who I lived with for <laughs> many years. Oh, I know, I know Dave Hill. Hey, there you go. Oh, <laughs> so, at the very end, of this whole thing. <laughs> there we go. Perfect, perfect. So he, he you, pro- he probably taught you that trick of how to get uh, <laughs> a guaranteed win for El Woods. Yeah, but no, Dave Hill of. Uh, because, yeah, there's the other stand-up com- comedian, Dave Hill, who Dave Hill always gets mixed up with. But, yeah. Um, all right. So why don't we come back to where we started, which is uh, based on uh, your appearance in Bajillion Dollar Properties. Here's the situation. Uh, you guys each receive a bajillion dollars, kind of Brewster's Million style. But it's almost opposite Brewster Million, <laughs> Brewster's Millions, because all you're allowed to do is acquire assets. You can't, you can't give it to charity. You can't invest it can't give it to a friend you can't give it away you don't have to spend all of it you're not going to be able to it's basically an infinite amount of money but you got 24 hours of like a worldwide kind of supermarket sweep uh you got to try to close as many deals and buy as much stuff as you can what it, what's at the top of the list that you're grabbing in your uh, in your one day mm. i have a clarifying question sure so you can't give it to charity but if i wanted to do something charitable i guess you'd have to buy the charity (laughs) (laughs) can i if i wanted to do something charitable with my money is that probably not going to work i mean it has to be it has to be something where you end up with an with with an asset that is yours so um if you said i'm going to buy like $20 $20 million worth of food and then donate it to, to shelters. That would not, that, that I would consider that charity. Um, if you said I'm going to buy a national park yeah, or I'm going I'm to buy 10,000 acres of land and donate it to the government and not live there, I would say, no, that's no good. But if you say I'm going to, I'm going to buy it and then I'm going to make that my own property at the top of a mountain, uh, that I'll let that fly. Yeah, that was my question because I wanted to buy like any any forested land that I could could and mm-hmm. just like not touch it. Yeah, is that possible? Mm-hmm. You, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, you can definitely do that, and you get a tax break, even though you don't need it. You got a billion dollars, but by by making it into a forest preserve, uh, but you are going to have to put some property on there. Otherwise, I'm going to call that charitable, which is unacceptable. <laughs> I'll put a little property on it. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd like that. That sounds nice. I could, I'd like to protect some lands from drilling and, and walk around it and stuff like that. But I also want like a house in Hawaii and a house out on like, uh, the vineyard. I want, um, I'm going to buy all four Boston teams. Um, I'm going to buy the Bruins, the Celtics, the, the Patriots and the Red Sox. I will not buy the revolution. I wouldn't know what to do with them. Uh, I'm going to buy a lot of paintings, Maxfield Parish paintings and a painting called Salome dancing before Herod. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy that. I'll buy coins. I love the feel of coins, some old clocks, some old like mechanical pocket watches and some beautiful old clocks. Um, I'll get Beth, whatever she wants, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever she wants to put on the list. Honey, honey, I got to close this deal. 
but I got to move. I'm, I'm closing on a place in Oahu as we speak. And I've got another place out in, uh, out in uh, like uh, uh, Kauai that I'm trying to close on right now. How picky are you going to be about that house? Are you going to be like, because you don't have much time. So you're just like, the, you're going to go on like Redfin. Give me something big like, for about $9 million. That's it. Right. You know, like, just yeah. get it for Maybe me. Buy two, just, just yeah. One of them I'll, so I'll flip the other one. <laughs> You know, the other thing that I would love to have that goes against uh, my uh, charitable uh, save the planet thing. Just a coal factory. (laughs) (laughs) Always wanted one. Since I was a kid, I always wanted one. (laughs) I just like to watch the smoke. (laughs) I just bellow. What was it? Sorry. What was it? It's the worst but I would love a jet. Oh, get it. Yeah. Get what it for yourself. Mean? You know these you know the thing that blew uh blew my mind, blows my mind? Mm-hmm. Whichever one's right. <laughs> About how wealthy people can be is when you see pictures of interiors of planes. Have you ever seen these pictures where it looks it it looks like a home? Like yeah. mm-hmm. There's, there are planes out there that are so decked out that it's the interior of a plane, but it, it's like an, it looks like a home. It's big enough where you have, right. like, uh, it's comfortable. It's the space that you like, Rush. Like, it's like. Yeah. No, that's, when, I, when I get my jet, I'm, I'm going to have some space. <laughs> that's for sure. I have seen, like, pictures of, like, yachts where, where these people have yachts and you're like, wait, that, I, that's a hotel room. I'm like, no, it isn't. That's just yeah. uh, one of the many kitchens that we have in our yacht. I mean, that that's, yeah. Yeah. So maybe buy Greg Norman's yacht while you're at it, TJ, if you don't mind. And then, uh, for you? I mean, yeah, for you. Great. Well, the curse of it is that, uh, but I'm going to buy the ocean and not let boats sail on it. Going I'm going to buy the ocean rush and not let boats sail on it. So, so you can have it, but it'll have to stay in dock, and you know, and you can you can hang out on it. Monkey's oh, paw. That's also what I want. There's these um, there's these hotel rooms somewhere, so I'll just buy the resort where like the the rooms are floating, and then the bedroom is underwater with glass, so you can watch fish go by and stuff like that. So I'm gonna buy I'm gonna buy that resort, and then anyone can come and stay when they want to for a modest price because I gotta I gotta make a little cake. I can't let these things well, that's happen the for free. You're going yeah. bankrupt the next day, right? Because you don't have your bajillion dollars anymore. And yeah, these assets they, they're not they're not free. And you I can't hire staff right? because that's a service. So I really have to run all of these things by myself. And well, the and next I- day you can. <laughs> Well, I think I think that's it, Keiko. How did how did you do? You feel all, you feel you feel all right? I think this could not have been a an easier okay good <laughs> experience to me. I don't know if any listener will. <laughs> it's just for us. I didn't even really record it. I just wanted I just wanted us to have a nice time, and you know. <laughs> I will just be re-listening to this. <laughs> Well, let us thank, we'll thank Nate and Emily and uh, and Julie, and thanks so much um, for the positive support you have given us from, from day one on this, Keiko. Uh, we, we could not have been um, uh, more appreciative, and thank you so much to Keiko again for, for doing this episode with us. 